Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Backstage, Sky News' entertainment podcast. We're all here. Stevie Wong, I believe, is in New York, having just dropped into conversation. He's only just got back from... A secret place that I can't tell you about. Oh, but, uh, oh sorry, it is, I it didn't is, know that. Yeah, it's basically on the other side of the world, and so um, the water did may have turned the other way from the, what, I, what I'm normally used to, so <laughs> that was an in- interesting uh, thing I saw. <laughs> I didn't know you were doing all these top secret missions. Yeah, so oh, I guess Stevie Wong, it's Stevie Bond. What is it you're after? <laughs> if, if only. Like, at the bar, they would just be like, well, I'm like, Diet Coke with ice, please. <laughs> like, that's kind of the extent of my, my yeah. coolness <laughs> work on making that a bit more martini shake, not stirred. Right? And me and Bethany, though, we're still here in London, not jealous at all, are no, we? Not in the least. I mean, it we're would appear it. that only one of the three of us only ever gets to go on holidays, but hey. <laughs> Coming up, though, we've got lots for you this week. We're going to be uh, talking about the sequel to the Rocky spin off movie Creed. In the ring, you get rules. Outside, you get nothing. We'll be talking about what the I'm a Celebrity campmates are up to now that they're out. Thank you, everybody who voted for us in the jungle. It was awesome. And because Christmas is upon us, we'll be looking through the archives at what makes the perfect, irritating Christmas song. Once they're in, they're in. First, though, we're going to start by talking about the Golden Globe nominations as as we get ready to plunge headfirst into all of the uh, award shows that are going to be coming up in 2019. The Golden Globes are the first sort of big official ones, aren't they, where their nominations are announced before everyone else. The ceremony itself is one of the first early ones as well, taking or, or, of the big ones anyway, taking place on the 6th of January. This year, very exciting, it's going to be hosted by uh, Sandra Oh of uh, Killing Eve fame, who has been terrific this year, so it's going to be great to see her host alongside uh, the comedian Andy Samberg, who I think is a bit bigger in America. He's not yeah, particularly Yeah, Saturday Night Live, it. isn't it? He's yeah. Alumni. Yeah, he was on Saturday Night Live, and then he, he's now on a television show called Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which I think, I don't know which yeah, platform we do you guys get, that. get it we on. get that yeah. on E4. Um, okay. I'm just personally judging it by the fact that I don't really like it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, people, people know him. Uh, Stevie, though, us Brits have done particularly well. We've got you loads of nominations. really, really well. And, you know, uh, just looking, uh, you know, Across the board, you know, with with the favorite, which we've been talking about for months, and 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 you know, all of the women have been nominated for that. Yeah, Emily uh, Blunt, uh, Olivia Coleman have both both up for uh, best actress and best supporting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and also, um, well, Asa Rosman Pike also is is a fellow Brit of yours. And then she, she, Rachel yes, exactly. Vice, Claire Foy yes. as well. She hasn't won for the crown. Oh no, she has won for the crown in previous years. I'm confusing it she with has. The, the other award she shows has. where she invariably ends up sitting there and looking a bit sad. Um, But she's up this year for First Man, so film roles rather than TV. Uh, but I have a feeling that she might still just sit there this time around, looking oh. a little bit sad this time. Sorry, oh. sorry, it must girlfriend. Get harder, <laughs> mustn't it? I guess the more you're nominated for, and then if you don't win, it must start to feel like a thing, like the whole the whole DiCaprio thing when he just you know could not win an Oscar. I feel like everyone was raving about First Man uh, when it sort of everyone got excited about the trailers and stuff, and it just hasn't really sustained the yeah, like that initial forgotten. hype. 
Yeah, Damien yeah. Chazelle, isn't it, as well, mm. who for the last Damien Chazelle. couple of releases have just been so well received. But mm, A lot of it not. has to do with the fact that when it came, so, you know, they had the whole great run from Venice Film Festival to Toronto and stuff, and then when it finally opened in the cinemas, um, it just didn't really catch on at all. And and I think the studio was hoping that maybe word of mouth it would, mm. but it just never did. And, and um, yeah, it's a fine film. I don't know if you've seen it in, in the end, um, but but it is it is what it is. <laughs> There a little bit of crossness as well. Um, didn't Donald Trump get a bit angry that there was no showing of the planting of the American flag and that might have put some people off who were feeling patriotic? But I don't think that's a reason to not watch a film. I mean, like, <laughs> the American flag wasn't in it, so let's not watch this movie You'd be really altogether. limited, wouldn't you, in your choice of film? <laughs> One movie a year, maybe. Oh, and also in the television section, Hugh Grant and also um, Ben Wishall has done really well with The Very English Scandal, which yeah. was, I think, a BBC programme. That was and so good. Did you get? Yes. It? Did you watch it over there? Uh, I saw a little bit of that, but I didn't finish it. I know how it ended, so I kind of uh, yeah. didn't follow <laughs> up, which is not the best way to watch television. But um, oh, but yeah, Grant just the fact that so they've been nominated. Good in that, yeah, he ha he was really suited good in that. that role as a sleazy politician, didn't he? <laughs> well, he's yeah. up head to head actually, isn't he? In the in the best uh, actor in a limited series, he's head to head with Benedict Cumberbatch. Ooh. Oh right! So, yeah, the Brits are literally there's so many strong entries from all the Brits. We're actually kind of up against each other in quite a lot of the the categories. Also, as well, exciting. don't forget you've got Matthew Rhys, who I always forget is Welsh because he's been on the Americans <laughs> for so long. I I've just it's in my head that he is actually an American. He's been nominated as well. Also, Richard Madden for The Bodyguard. Yes. Oh, I know. Bodyguard. We, we love that show. Yeah. Uh, but they're up against... Uh, there's some really nice uh, uh, kind of nominations this year. So in that same category where Richard Madden and Matthew Reese is in is Billy Porter, who is in this show called Pose, which um, was a show that w Ryan Murphy produced, and it had five uh, trans female actresses as the lead mm, characters and right. stuff. And so the fact that this show got nominated uh, for Best um, Television Series in the Drama and also got a nomination for one of its leads is kind of a big moment in 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 kind of nominations history. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of doors being opened this this year, and it's just really fun to watch all of these people allowed onto uh, you know allowed to go into the same room with with these other huge stars. Yeah. I mean, the, the list of nominations is just huge, but that's because the Golden Globes do the uh, Foreign Press Association, who are the body that, that vote for these awards, they basically do it, don't they, so that they can get the maximum amount of celebrities coming along. I mean, I know that's very cynical of me but it, it, it's on in previous years we've had some very bizarre nominations haven't we where yeah. you think oh well perhaps Angelina Jolie's only been invited for that sort of yeah. <laughs> slightly <laughs> awful movie because they wanted her to turn up for the red carpet but this year I mean the, the one that usually is an example of that is best motion picture comedy or musical because that usually has some really slightly duff films in where you think that they're just showing up because they they want them to be on the red carpet this year though it's quite a good category isn't it crazy rich it's a asians very good category. the favorite green book mary poppins returns vice yeah cra crazy rich it's asians interesting isn't it the choice there. of category with a star is born not going for musical they've gone yeah. for drama which i can totally see why but that's you know that could be debated couldn't it because yeah. it's obviously well, full of songs the definition, and I had two journalists explain this to me, not me, but like, just like <laughs> but they, basically they were saying in The Star is Born and also even in Bohemian Rhapsody, they don't break out into song which continues the storyline. They break out into song because they perform a song, you right. know, and so in yeah. that, by that definition alone, it does not make it a musical. Even it's though not the dramatic music in narrative, it. Exactly. I know what you mean, yeah, yeah, the character is singing a song, yeah. Exactly. And so by that, they, they moved it into drama category, which was a very controversial 
controversial like decision because mm. I knew about it a while ago that this is going to happen, and but now I feel like it's a really smart choice yeah. on mm. their part because everybody got nominated in the end. Yeah, and it's very dramatic. I mean, you don't come out. I mean, you do come out singing "Shallow," but at the same time, you've, yeah. it, you've very much felt emotional rather than sort of like, oh, la 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 la. I've just watched a musical. You know, right. I think that's kind of right. "Shallow," uh, Lady Gaga's up, up for a Grammy as well, isn't she? She's up for a Grammy, and we can talk about Lady Gaga because she's just having a great. Oh. Great year, but really quickly, and under animated, I don't know if any of your friends have been talking about this, but there is a film called Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Have you, uh -huh. has that hit any of your kind of buzz feeds at no. all? Uh, so there is an animated version of Spider-Man, which talks about some, you know, universe where there's multiple Spider-Mans uh, in existence, and then they all have to get together to fight some bad baddie. And so <laughs> it's a really bad description, but it's turning up in everybody's favorite movie of the year list. And Really? There's a really, really big, big chance that it not, not only will be, be will win the best motion picture animated uh, for the Golden Globes, but it might actually win the uh, uh, Oscar. And wow. so wow. I'm putting that into your into your radar. Uh, and and the the film is coming out probably in the next two to three weeks. Uh, and it's definitely a Christmas movie. And um, I've heard nothing but incredible things about this animated film, which cracks me up because no one knew about this until maybe a couple weeks ago. So okay. this is this is oh, a goodness. You heard it here first. This is kind yeah, of like know, right? almost an exclusive. <laughs> yeah, this is fantastic. Oh, it's Breaking up against news. Isle of Dogs, though. I love yes. Isle of Dogs. That was beautiful. Yeah, I think, feel like up until then, Isle of Dogs was the shoe-in to win. And it might still do, take because it's such a beautiful, amazing film. Mm. But the Spider-Man is just fresh. And so everybody is having <laughs> such a great time talking and loving this film. So I mean, it's a brutal world, the awards world, isn't yeah. it? I mean, that's why if you are, so best motion picture, if you're a Black Klansman or Black Panther, in the drama category. I mean, they were released ages ago, yeah. really, in yeah. awards terms, weren't Timing's, they? Timing so is everything, isn't it? That's what they say, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, we should talk about... Uh, we're going to bring up Creed 2 as well, the sequel to the Rocky spin-off movies. Um, I wanted to talk about this first with regard to Sylvester Stallone. Has mm. anyone seen his uh, Instagram post that everyone's talking about at the moment? So he's put out this uh, message on Instagram, which has got people, like quite upset, worrying that this is going to be the last time we see him as Rocky. And he said, I just want to thank everyone around the world wide for taking the Rocky family into their hearts for over 40 years. It's been my ultimate privilege to be able to create and play this meaningful character, though it breaks my heart. Sadly, all things must pass and end. I love you kind and generous people. And the most wonderful, wonderful thing of all is that Rocky will never die because he lives on in you. And he's also attached a video to it, basically saying that he's passing the mantle on officially now mm. to Michael B. Jordan. Uh. But a bit of me thinks, I mean, is this I, me just being totally cynical, but when the last Creed came out in 2016, he got nominated for Best Supporting uh, Actor at the Oscars, didn't he? Is this not him a little <laughs> bit going well? Is Honestly, I'm never going to yeah. make another film again. Yeah, <laughs> Please give me Best Supporting Actor for the Oscars. Yeah, it could well be, couldn't it? And they're different characters. I mean, he doesn't need to pass on the mantle. I mean, already no. Creed is Creed, he, he's, but he's still Rocky. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's only it's 33 years ago he first stepped into the ring. I'll tell you what I didn't know before I watched it. It was, it was his idea. Sylvester Stallone actually wrote the screenplay. He was a jobbing actor down to his yeah, last $100. Yeah, because he wasn't getting any work, was yeah. he? so he yeah. made it himself, which I didn't know, and I was really impressed. Um, it's fantastic, and it won, won him the best picture. 
in 76 mm. at the Oscars. So um, it just shows you, out of work actors, write yourself a screenplay. <laughs> Maybe this is, that's where we're going wrong. Yeah. We should put all of our time into writing that uh, award-winning screenplay for ourselves yeah. and make it big in Hollywood. Definitely. Oh, God, um, well, I hope, it's, I hope it's not his end. I hope it is just his little cheeky Oscars pitch because he's actually really good in the film. Is he? He really is. He's just right because he's a bit sort of bumbling. He, you know, he's he is older. I mean, he's obviously he's an older actor now, but you kind of, he does light up the screen. He's great. You yeah, look I mean, forward he's, he's to him. I feel like when I see him on the screen, he turns into the Yoda of the film. So whenever he comes <laughs> out, he has these wise words and he always means well. And it's just like, oh, yeah. bring him back some more. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's just really lovely to watch him on, on screen for Creed. Well, talking about wise words, when I chatted to some of the cast about the film, and I chatted to Dolph Lundgren um, oh, about a, yeah, a good old Dolph, um, about what his thoughts were about working with old Sylvester Stallone. Obviously, the two of them are as thick as thieves. They've worked together many a time. But um, yes, he mentioned wise words as well, just like you, Stevie. This is what he had to tell me. No, he's a good guy, you know. He's, uh, he's a very clever man and funny and, and witty. And, and uh, you know, because he plays these characters that are... Uh, you know, don't talk much, or they're working class. People think he's that way, but he isn't. You know, he's a he's a very smart guy, one of the smartest in Hollywood. You don't create like three franchises, Rocky, Rambo, and Expendables, and you know, by being stupid. That's for sure. That's so accolade, especially uh, coming from you, because you know it's Hollywood. True. Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, there's him, and there's maybe who else has? Yeah, maybe Spielberg has done stuff like that, but that's you know, it's Lucas. Mm. He's up there. He's up there, yeah. So, yeah, he, uh, he's got a, a lot of love for Sylvester Stallone, as you can hear there. And he also has some cheekiness thrown in as well. Here's his Sty Stallone impression. No, I don't, because, you know, you know, there's no... See this face? You put this face in a stamp. No, but... <laughs> Pretty, pretty convincing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he had me. It was fantastic. But um, yeah, I mean, those guys obviously have a lot of love for each other, and and everyone seemed to really enjoy working on it that I chatted to. And it's it's actually for I'm not a particularly big fan of sporting films or boxing films, but I, I really enjoyed it. It's got some great kind of side storylines, which are really really touching, really, and the yeah. family and and there's a little little baby born, and yeah, no, I liked it. Talking about Michael B. Jordan and passing on the mantle. I mean, Michael B. Jordan's fantastic, but um, boy, does he have to get fit for it. I mean, you look forward to oh, that yeah. bit, don't you? That montage. But wow. Water out of the yeah. water, sweaty, not sweaty. Yeah. Bring on some more water. It's the yeah. best. It's the best. Skipping, lifting heavy <laughs> things, putting heavy things down, yeah. moving that tire. You know, yeah. things like that. Hitting Classic. men in the desert. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's all there. <laughs> Um, actually, I asked him about getting fit. I'm sure he gets so sick of being asked that. But um, this is what he said to me. He said it's actually um, it's a bit different to last time in, in yeah 2016 when he did it before. This is what he said. I think a lot of it for this one um, was just time. You know, the Creed one was the first time I've ever changed my body like that before. I was younger. I was like five years ago. I was like 26. And um, being able to do that for Black Panther, you know, um, your body matures, your muscle matures with time. And then to do it again at this level, it's just where I was at. I'm 31 years old. You know, it was just like like that grown man, like kind of body. Yeah, I think that's just kind of what you guys saw. So yeah, it sounds like um, he's off to eat some fast food and, and have a McDonald's oh, really. Blame but um, him. Yeah, that must be the most boring part about being an actor, yeah, mustn't it? When you have yeah. to go on diets and oh, stuff. But, but then you've got a film of yourself looking amazing. The best you yeah. ever yeah. had in your life. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah, so just couldn't do it though. <laughs> <laughs> I like food too much. You already look amazing, Katie. <laughs> oh, honestly. <laughs> Not sure about that. Especially not after Christmas. I'm 
planning on eating uh, my own body weight and food. <laughs> Me too. Thank God this is a podcast. It's yeah. brilliant. No one will know. No one will know. <laughs> um, so was it good? Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah, I actually did. And Tessa Thompson, um, who plays obviously Creed's partner, uh, she's great. She's really good. Yeah, I did. I are they going to? I mean, are they going to do a third? Is this another yeah. sort of epic franchise I think then? Defo, oh, and I'm obviously, sure. it's, it's Sylvester Stallone—he'd so already handed over the mantle of directing, hadn't he? I guess. So, talking mm. about the acting mantle, that's quite interesting because obviously, it's um, it was Ryan. Uh, Kugler, who originally was going to direct it and then he wasn't and then it went to Stice Stallone literally just for a couple of days I think am I right in saying Stevie and then he said no no this needs to go to someone younger than myself Aww. yeah and then and he passed on that role well I wonder if it will give him an Oscar nomination just the fact that he is doing this grandstanding about perhaps it might be his last film well, we shall see yeah let's see um, the other film we were going to talk about uh, fantasy drama Welcome to Marwen. What is all of this? The world-famous Marwin, Mark's art installation. It's got Steve Carell in it. He plays a, a real-life artist called Mark Hogan Camp, who was attacked by five men outside of a bar back in the year 2000. Um, he, he was beaten nearly to death and then was in a coma for a, over a week. And then when he woke up, he had absolutely no memories uh, left of his past life. And this film is basically about how he tries to piece together uh, who he is and in his own unique way. Again, you, you've been speaking to the cast, haven't you, Bethany, this week? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Steve Carell, it's a bit of a standing joke, isn't it? But he is genuinely one of the nicest guys in Hollywood. He's such a lovely bloke. Yeah, <laughs> he is nice. um, yeah he's fantastic. And yeah, it's quite a, a different role for him because, as you said, it's a really, it's quite a heartbreaking story. It's based on his true life experience experience of, of Mark Hogan camp I think when you're basing a part on someone's real life it must feel oh, yeah. very different Fresh as an up. actor yeah exactly and um, but yeah it's very touching I mean it's a mixture of fantasy and obviously real life but there's definitely like fantastic elements and there's lots of kind of special effects because without giving away any spoilers it's almost like two films in one the way that the artist once he can no longer draw because he's so badly injured in the attack he begins to use his art he uses kind of like dolls almost like Cindy dolls and Barbie dolls and and what are the men dolls called? Ken. Ken. Is it Ken? Ken. Is it or Mister? Men dolls. Yeah. Yeah. Men dolls. I'm going to call them men dolls. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, he expresses himself through those. So it's kind of a film within a film. And one of the things, actually, it was um, it's quite a fun thing. Obviously, it's a, a very sad thing as well because one of the reasons that the guy was attacked was because he quite liked cross dressing. He, he particularly likes wearing ladies' heels, and I think that's kind of talking about that too loudly in a bar was what what initiated oh, right. the attack. But that did mean that in the film, Steve Carell has to wear high heels. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, so I asked him about how that was, um, thinking that, oh, maybe, you know, he just had to whack them on and take them off quite quickly. But, oh, no, it seems to have made quite a big impression on <laughs> Steve Carell. <laughs> and this is his opinion of ladies' footwear. That was so um, unexpectedly difficult. I thought, sure, you know, I can wear, I can wear heels. And... But, Bob Zemeckis said, well, you should definitely practice. And I thought, well, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll practice. So I remember they sent me, I was home at the time, I hadn't started shooting. So in the mail, they sent me some heels to practice on. You know, first I started with like three inch heels, then I moved to four inch, then I, I was getting up to like six inch stilettos and walking around the house. And it is so excruciatingly difficult. I had no idea. So I, I practiced for a good month before we started shooting just to kind of be familiarize myself with with how to move and without looking awkward 
I love this. You're an Oscar-nominated actor, and this is your toughest challenge, walking was, in lady shoes. It was, yeah. I mean, it was it was way, way harder than... It wasn't like I was learning how to play the piano or anything, but it was it was unexpectedly difficult. <laughs> and I have, I have a level of respect that I did not even consider um, before I started shooting this. I, I don't know how women do it. Welcome to our world, Steve. It's, I feel like it's true. the most ridiculous thing. I do sometimes find myself coming to work in heels thinking, what, why are women so <laughs> yeah. ridiculous yeah. that we do this Because life's just too easy. We need to give ourselves something extra Pointy hard. things yeah. attached to our heels. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, yeah. it's the way for the patriarchy to control you women because yeah. exactly. we just cannot handle how awesome you guys are in it's real so life. True, so we need to like, deal on... <laughs> it's so true. And is, the, is it true that Robert Zemeckis added these little like like Easter eggs of his previous films like Back to the Future Ooh. and like like throughout the movie because I heard that there were all these like little things that 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 in Forrest Gump there are all the stuff that's in the film that that references his previous movies Ooh, do you know what? I didn't think at the time, but you could tell it was very arty in the way it's done. That makes me want to go back and see it again now. Because, because, and actually, when I was chatting to Robert Zemeckis, we talked about like his past career and how and he was telling me how he really bonded with um, the main role of you know Mark's part because Mark is somebody who's obviously got very obsessed with his art and wanted to to reenact it. And that's obviously kind of what brought Robert Zemeckis to want to be a, a director. You know, since he was a kid, he's been making movies in his backyard. So he he did say he really bonded with it i bet you know you're right <laughs> but can people please tweet us if they were yes. more observant than myself <laughs> and let us know and i've really quickly got to say as well um leslie mann is um the leading lady in the film and she's great fun she's um, always good. and and we chatted to her about the film and all the serious things and then i could not resist uh, she apparently uh, sees kim kardashian psychic and Ooh. so i i wanted to know <laughs> <laughs> it was the most interesting thing ever. so yeah i want to know what she had predicted and this is what she has lined up for this year I've seen her a couple of times, um, and um, she she's great. She she tells me um, I'm going to have a little boy uh, soon, which is not going to happen. <laughs> she also said that my husband was a collector of classic cars, <laughs> which isn't true, but maybe he'll become one. And uh, what else did she say, really? Uh, that my, my daughter was going to um, have a baby any, like, like this year or something. My daughter's 20. <laughs> but no, other than that, she's great. She's, she <laughs> but she, um, I don't think I'll be having a son. Leslie is obviously going to keep going back for more, but she also sounded like she really did not believe a single bit of it. Um, but it's made me want to get my own psychic. Strange. Where on earth did you hear that? I just heard it on the, I heard it on the grapevine. I and, love it. And I love a bit of, of tarot and psycho and kind of like looking at all those things. <laughs> tarot so, and psycho? A psycho tarot. A psycho <laughs> tarot person. <laughs> yeah. the, psycho best, tarot. the best kind of tarot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm mega excited as well. Robert Zemeckis uh, is down to do the adaptation of Roald Dahl's The Witches. They're going to do a new version of The Witches. I love that film so much that I have actually visited the hotel in which it was filmed. And it is amazing. It's like a faded glory. One of those big grand hotels that's not quite so grand anymore. And oh, I loved it. Oh, I cannot wait to watch that. But I I don't want them to remake it, really. It's another one where you think, really, the first one was so Yeah, and Angelica Houston as... 
was as perfect. the Queen Witch. I they mean, were yeah. terrifying. Yeah. Oh my they? God, so terrifying when they scratch under their wig. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so here's a quick question because uh, um, we're talking about award season and all that fun stuff. Do the Grammys mean anything to you? Because um, yeah. the announcement, yeah. the, the nominations happened also the same, you know, a day after the Golden yeah. Globe. A um, bit. Because... I mean, the trouble with us over here is yeah, the Grammys have so many different categories that we don't it's really so care true. about country and western and things like that so it's a bit like you get the headline news of all Beyonce's up for a couple saying that though I've totally missed it who's who's Kendrick Lamar's leading the way isn't he yeah Yeah. I think he's leading the way with is it eight and then is it old Drake is is in with seven yeah he's doing really well I think I think Ariana Grande's got a couple Mm. my gal Ariana just throwing that in um (laughs) you know uh but yeah it's it's and I still after all these years of watching the show, I still don't understand the difference between record of the year and song of the year. No, and I know, yeah. and I know one is for the songwriters, and I know one is for the artists, but I still don't know what's what. So that's that. <laughs> and isn't um, is aren't ladies leading the way in the in the album of the year? Isn't it five of the eight nominations are women? Oh wow, that must yeah. be rare. Which is really nice. It is very nice. Yeah. Um, Janelle Monae, Casey Musgraves, Cardi B, uh, Cardi B Brandi Carlile. I mean, they're, they're her, which yeah. is a, a new her. act that yeah. I've never. Yeah, but there's something really cool. There's a British actor named LMI who I don't know if she's famous. She's popular back home, but she's got Song of the Year. Uh, uh, wow. She's she's from the UK. She does old school like R&B, and this song just was the song that wouldn't go away. And like all through summer, people were just playing it, and it's now turned into this award-nominated uh, single and. So she's one of your people, and it's, it's, it's pretty amazing that she's just kind of done a word of mouth and, and became popular this way. We can definitely claim credit for that. That's brilliant. We can, yeah. and we will. Good old Brits. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> it's what we do best. Um, I wanted to talk about I'm a Celebrity. been watching it this year. It's been so good. It's just What's uh, going on? Yeah, congratulations <sighs> to the new king of the Harry jungle. Redknapp. I yeah. mean, this is probably a line of conversation where you're completely confused <laughs> by this Stevie. He's a, a famous football manager over in this country and he's got a very uh, attractive son, Jamie Redknapp, who does a lot of presenting over here. But I'm a celebrity. We love. Is there an American version? Do they do it oh, over there, there as well? There? They tried it and it didn't work. Um, the problem with these like live uh, shows throughout the week and stuff they just it's it just asking for too much kind uh, of commitment um, commitment mm. and so all of these formats have come through and they've just kind of not really done uh, yeah. any good so the closest thing we have is a big brother right now but like mm. even then it's not as popular as it is uh, yeah. that you guys have it yeah. i guess you've got survivor haven't you which yeah. is sort of the same but not really eating as many bugs and, and yeah, not getting not to torture famous silly, people which yeah. we like um, <laughs> this year it's been so good though just the the camp mates that they had the the makeup of the the people that they selected to go into the camp this year was just beautiful and everyone got on and i think that's the reason that it really did well this year and because they booted noel out quite quickly or... <laughs> i was disappointed by that they basically mucked it up didn't they by giving yeah. half of the campmates immunity for the first yeah. vote and that meant their star prize who they spent six hundred thousand yeah. pounds on noel edmonds he was the first one to go they must be kicking themselves he, he's laughing he did a week's work and went home with over half a million bad, is it? yeah but yeah. you have to wonder i mean this time last year the producers of the show were getting quite a bit of stick because of how the other campmates ended up treating ian lee this year oh, yeah. 
you wonder whether or not perhaps the campmates were briefed that you have to sort of be, be nice <laughs> to each other. each other. There's certainly, I mean, the way you normally think of reality TV is the TV producers are sort of cynically engineering it, so there's yeah. conflict. This year, I think this really proved that you don't need conflict, that people from all sorts of backgrounds can be put in a situation and get on. And I mean, it's... <laughs> It's a sign of the times, I guess, isn't it? Maybe it's something that we want that to, to demonstrate that if you listen and you don't shout, then people can get on together. They missed a trick there. They should have had an, a special evening where they all had to discuss Brexit and then oh, all end up no. hating each other. See, <laughs> do you secretly wish that there was more conflict then? Well, do you know what? I'm going to... This is not going to be popular, and but I'm not the biggest fan of the show because I find all the things they do with all the animals, I'm just like... I don't like seeing them all get squashed and eaten yeah, and I don't like it. it though. You're not eating alive animals anymore, which I think must be a, a, a token gesture towards mm. the vegans the and the vegetarians that get there. dropped on everyone all the time. Mm, now, what yeah, have they good. done to deserve that? Oh, now, Bethany. I'm serious. I just think we need to have better ideas in TV. Come on, people. <laughs> Well, I have I, a quick question. Yeah. Do do you win money? Is that is this is this like a cash prize if you win, or is it just you congratulations? You get a crown. You get a crown of made up of sort of branches, and, oh, you, and get... you get to run over the bridge, and there's fireworks. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then I think you get millions and millions in deals when you come out. Right. Well, this is yeah. what I wanted to talk about as well. Um, so the real financial benefit of going on there is that if you are a young star it can mm. pretty much make your career so yeah. on one hand you've got Noel Edmonds who's a veteran broadcaster who made what £600,000 as his sign-on fee he is unlikely I guess to come out of here and get any extra yeah. deals necessarily yeah. not much but take uh, the the more sort oh. of less famous uh, characters like uh, Emily. Emily Attack yeah. or uh, Malik in there now Malik apparently was one of the lowest signings mm. they're saying he signed on for about £15,000 but I mean people of that sort of level of fame they pretty much go in there for free because yeah. this can yeah. make careers like mm. take last year's winner um, Toff she was paid uh, reportedly about £13,000 and it's thought, it's thought that from becoming Queen of the Jungle she earned about a million. She ended up, because she was on a, from a reality TV show, she ended up quitting Made in Chelsea as she came out. She landed a job as a reporter on This Morning. She became a magazine columnist. She had mm. a fashion line that she launched. She's in a film this year. She's in The Grinch. Um, <laughs> and Instagram promotions. You just make a fortune. So she's made about a million. So I, I doubt Harry Redknapp will make that level because yeah. he's an older older guy but he got paid rumoured to be half a million so he probably doesn't need it but second place Emily Attack yeah. she's just going to get so many offers come through it won't, be, it won't be real gosh you can imagine agents like offering money like literally you wouldn't want to get paid you'd just be like I want to get my client in yeah. here yeah. yeah, interesting uh, fact as well that's um, reportedly signed into their contracts as well. ITV make them sign something that says within the first 45 days, apparently they, they're allowed to take a cut of any uh, endorsements or contracts oh, that they get within, nice. as long as it's within 45 days. So you could imagine them all being like, well, just wait a month yeah, and a half. Yeah. Oh my goodness, <laughs> on day 46, all these amazing stories are going to come out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. so they get all the interviews. <laughs> uh, it's interesting as well, following them all on Instagram as well. I thought we'd um, just play you a bit of John Barrowman's Instagram because he's obviously very excited to be out with uh, Emily as well. Thank you everybody who voted for us in the jungle. It was awesome. We're partying in the Palazzo Versace tonight, darlings. I've had four There's Mickey. Of 
I've had 18. <laughs> 18 glasses of champagne, man. Living the good life. And I believe it as well. Yeah. Parties. He loves a party. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, speaking of parties, I mean, given that we're in the run-up to Christmas now, depending on when you're listening to this, of course, but at the point of recording, it's slightly before Christmas. Um, but given at the moment, wherever you go, you'll be hearing Christmas songs, mm. the most irritating songs that will stay and haunt you for most of the day. Um, because of that, we thought for this week's Look Back, we'd look at what makes a song catchy and a song stay with you. So this is a story from 2016. Researchers in Durham had uh, studied a number of the most memorable songs uh, and they found that they all have something in common. A simple melody, apparently, and a very repetitive uh, structure. And the most memorable of all was, uh, can you guess, Bad Romance by Lady Gaga. So this is a... a Christmas song, though? Not a Christmas song, but I'm uh, slightly fudging. Uh, (laughs) Don't mess up the segue, Stevie. Anyway, this is uh, Adele Robinson's uh, take on that university research. Once they're in, they're in. The science of earworms now has a formula and it's based on the nursery rhyme. This song by Gotch is based on Baba Black Sheep. Have a listen. According to researchers, the structure is often similar. Grammy award-winning record producer Trev Gibson, who's worked with A-list music artists, including The Enemy, agrees. They say nursery rhymes, key to a catchy song. Is, is that true, would you say? They say you need to hear a song nine times before it actually sinks into your brain. And of course, if you use a nursery rhyme motif behind a song, then it's something you've grown up with. It's already there, so it actually makes it really easier for the, for the listener to pick up on. A team of experts has put together a list of most catchy songs based on a study of 3,000 people. US band Maroon 5's 2011 hit, Moves Like Jagger, makes the top five. The aptly named Can't Get You Out of My Head by Kylie Minogue is second. But topping the earworm charts is Lady Gaga's Bad Romance. Those behind the study say these songs also tap into a key component of how our memories work. The way that music is stored in our memories, um, we store it through, it it can be accessed through a lot of different pathways, so we store it in an auditory trace, um, so so the sound of the music, but we also store sort of visual cues associated with the music video or something like that. Um, We also store motor cues from um, like when we've sang along with the song, so all of these different things can sort of activate the memory in different ways. Could dress up to gay love, but guess what? I'm never gonna be that girl. While researchers think it may help artists create catchy tunes, new talent Dyer says when she's writing, it's a less conscious process. It's definitely in my mind, like I definitely want to make it catchy for the listeners, um, but I think that it's not really like a mathematical, you know, calculation or anything like that. Like I'm not thinking like, oh, this note pattern or this rhythm pattern will stick with people. It's just, I'll write a song and if I think it's good, then I'll wait like, you know, a couple hours or a day later to see if it still 
ringing in my head, and if so, then I'll know that it's a good song. And if you just can't get them out of your head, expert advice, sing God Save the Queen. Adele Robinson, Sky News. So there you go. I mean, we learn something from this, don't we? If we all start singing God Save the Queen... That's how you get irritating Christmas songs out of your head. But then you've got don't another say, problem, haven't you? <laughs> Are you not then singing God Save the Queen? Yeah, mm. true. Oh, well, it's, it's the time to do it, isn't it? It's Christmas. Yes. We're all looking forward to her, her Christmas Day speech. So, yeah, we should be. We should be singing that anyway. Favourite Christmas songs before we go? Oh, oh, Little Donkey. <laughs> Basic nativity play there. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah, that's okay. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and obviously, my, my name's in it all a bit because of Beth and Bethlehem. So yeah, it's, it's my time of year. Bethany, Aww. your name's so not in Little Donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not know my middle name's Donkey? <laughs> okay, fine. Stevie, uh, uh, it's it's Fairy Tale of New York, which they've had to change a bit of the lyrics nowadays because oh, there's there's certain words that we can't yeah. use anymore in, yeah. in music. But yeah, it's it's an old school classic, and it's it's my favorite. It's and good. yours, Katie? Yeah, A Little Drummer Boy oh. by David Bowie. <laughs> Gotta love it. That's it's the best nice. one. Classic. Oh, Classic it's a bit of Bowie. Bit yeah. of Bowie at Christmas. Can't beat it. Ah, well, now we're in the mood. Uh, we will uh, leave you for this week and we will see you very shortly. Uh, if you want to get in touch, though, do because it's always good to hear from you. Uh, Bethany, what's the best way to get in touch with you? I'm on Twitter at Bethany Manel. And Stevie? I'm also on Twitter at Wongy1. And if you want to get a hold of me, uh, look on Instagram. I'm at Spenny Picks. And we'll see you very shortly. Take care. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. <laughs> <laughs>